Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. I'm sure it's a mistake that you're here, so you can quickly turn the YouTube channel. Let me give you a second. Okay, for the rest of you, Judy P., you are here with me, Dr. Steve, Steve Olivas, and that guy, the exploding unicorn and the, the, the Pied Piper of Pigs, if you don't mind me alliterating, James. <laughs> James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And James, how's life on the Ark? Jay, well, life is, life is very furry. There's a lot of poop. There's a lot of smells. But, uh, but overall, we're managing just fine. I've got, uh, I've got one of the new guinea pigs here with me. He's going to be co-hosting, and if he does well, he's probably going to replace you. So no pressure, but your job is on the line. Well, uh, it, he's probably more available than I am, to be honest with you. Yeah, no kidding. This is the first week in like 95 weeks in a row where we haven't <laughs> talked about the chaos that is your life. Oh, and by the way, so you picked, you picked guinea pigs or pets for the topic today. But you launched a book. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. That came out today, correct? It did. We are recording this on Tuesday, and this will come out, I think, Wednesday night. But, yes, the book, I I actually wrote the title, Doc, so I didn't forget it. It's called uh, An Industry Worth Fighting For. And uh, we've got kind of a barnyard theme with your pigs and my cows. This is a dairy farmer. And I wrote this book to uh, talk about life on a dairy farm and to dispel myths that all the anti-dairy, anti-agriculture, anti-farming activists try to pump out there into the ethos. So it's a good book. It's funny. It's touching. It's uh, got just about uh, more information than a college term paper. It was hard to research all this. But proud of the book. Uh, Derek Josie, J-O-S-I, is the author's name. And my name's on the book, too. You can search for me. Is this available? Where, where do you go to to find the book? Oh, well, that's an excellent question, Mr. Breakwell. Amazon, uh, America's marketplace, and probably the only thing that'll still be standing in the next few years. But that is where you get the book. It is exclusively on Amazon. Unless one of us makes an appearance, then we'll... Uh, lug a bunch of them with us but uh yeah amazon fourteen ninety nine, and if you're an amazon prime member you get free shipping and i think the books uh unlike a lot of the products if you have amazon prime i don't think your books uh with your publisher do this james but it takes them a couple days to like print the book and mail it so a lot of amazon prime stuff you can get same day but it takes a couple days for the books to get there do, do your people, is there a little bit of a delay from your publisher when they mail? No, they, uh, they do it the old-fashioned way. They print, uh, you know, several thousand at once and then pile them in a warehouse somewhere. So oh. if they're in the correct warehouse, they ship right, right away. If they're in the wrong warehouse, who knows? Because we know how parts are for, you know, everything <laughs> shipping these days. I thought at first it was just car parts, but it's everything. I went in to fix a sewing machine the other day, and they're like, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be weeks, if not, uh, if not longer. Like, if you... If, if it doesn't need any parts, it's going to be three weeks. If it needs parts, like you might as well just throw this sewing machine away and get a new one, because you'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be your age by the time I get the parts in. Wow! Well, that's saying something too. I tell you what, 
Yes. Yeah. And I'm aging by the day. Now, just, uh, is your yeah. is your book Kindle and physical, or is it just just physical? The uh, we staggered the release, so the Kindle version is on pre-order, and I'm trying to move the pre-order up to Friday of this week. But we wanted to stagger the release, and uh, Amazon has a thing for hardcovers now, so we might do a special hardcover run toward Christmas. But for now, the paperback is available immediately. The Kindle will be available in a few days. And uh, we'll do an audio version in the spring. Oh, man, I hope I'm not allergic to guinea pigs. <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be something? Now, who would your wife choose, James? Oh, she, well, it depends, because she might be allergic to guinea pigs. That was the whole controversy before we got these. So the backstory to the guinea pigs is yeah. my oldest daughter sent me a text one day in the middle of the day, and her friend was trying to dump guinea pigs on us. And <laughs> I saw a free animal with pig in the title, so, of course, I was all for it. So I basically pushed this thing ahead. And I got them. My wife's big fear was, what if they're like cats? Because she's deathly allergic to cats. And I was like, well, I don't know. So I searched Google, and Google said, I don't know. And when Google says it doesn't know, that's that's alarming. <laughs> and the best the best people could say on the internet was like, you might be allergic, you might not. You just got to go gradually expose yourselves to guinea pigs and see. Wow. And I took that to mean. Let's just go ahead and get these guinea pigs and see what happens. So we now have two guinea pigs. And my wife has been fine, but the other day she had to hold them for a couple hours while the kids cleaned out the cage and while stuff was in the wash. And afterwards she was uh, she was a little stuffed up. Was it a coincidence? I don't know. But at this point, the kids are attached, so the guinea pigs aren't going anywhere. James, maybe she wasn't stuffed up because of an allergic reaction. Maybe she was a little bit emotional because she was so taken by the pigs. It's entirely possible. I mean, anytime you get something with pig in the name, you're just overcome by levels of love and calm. The serotonin is just coursing through your body. It's a very dramatic experience. I can understand. These pigs are a little better than our other pigs in that they uh, they actually, one, they like to cuddle. Two, when they cuddle, they don't smash you. And three, they can't break into drawers and steal your food. So they're very polite. Like this thing right here, people aren't even going to believe that this, this guinea pig is alive. He is just standing perfectly still with his eyes, you know, looking out for predators, trying to figure out what the heck is going on, because nothing in this animal's evolution prepared it to be a guest on a podcast. Like that is not part of the natural selection road. I, I don't know. I, well, this is the age of video and technology. Yeah, who knows? Guinea pigs, they turn over every few months, don't they? You know what? That was one of the considerations when getting the guinea pigs. I was like, well, how long do these things live? Because when you bring a living thing in your house, you want to know how long it's going to take to die. Yeah, yeah. And they only take four to eight years to die. They don't They don't stick around super oh. long. So longer than like a gerbil and hamster, but much shorter yeah. than a real pig, which lives for like 20 years. So like worst case scenario, yeah. even, if they, even if these are like the demons of the guinea pig world, I mean, four to eight years, that, that's nothing. That's like a, that's like a criminal sentence for a misdemeanor. I mean, anybody can do four to eight years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I... <laughs> now, James, you said anything with a pig with pig in its name is going to be cuddly and lovable. And I've been called a pig several times. Does that make you more attracted to me? Oh, man, now I'm conflicted. You're throwing my logic back at me, but of course not. I mean, obviously, you're, there's an exception for everything having to do with you. What? But I do want to know this. Have you ever actually been called a pig? Uh, you mean seriously? Seriously. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear Steve Oliva's The Monster Stories. I've been called uh, a pig jokingly 
a handful of times. I I don't think I've ever been called a pig seriously. I'm pretty respectful to other people. And see, I don't think I have either, but only because being called a pig is a really weak insult. Like, if somebody were actually mad at me, there are so <laughs> many better, more powerful words they could use. <laughs> Call you a, a cow, I guess. Now, now, a cow should be a compliment. You just wrote a book on how great cows are. Oh, we could call you a cat. A cat cat's insulting. Nobody likes cats, except for cat no, people. No, nobody I guess, but... in their right mind likes cats. That is correct. This is true. I think I think people who own cats and say they like cats just own them ironically. Nobody actually likes cats. That's my that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I remember my parents. My dad hates cats, and my mother got a cat, which should have sent a strong message to my dad about uh, 15 years ago. But I'd never been around a cat my whole life. Like, I don't think I had any friends that had cats, like indoor cats. I grew up in farm country, so there are a lot of farm cats. But the first time that cat came around me, like, the insides of my arms broke out and itchy whelps and, like, under my chin broke out. Like, I was pretty uh, dermatologically allergic to the cats. Yeah, I used to be deathly allergic to cats, too, but I used to be just incredibly allergic to everything, and I, I kind of outgrew it and i think my body just gave up it's like if you're gonna die you're gonna <laughs> die we're done giving you this response to warn you so i think i'm okay around cats but i really don't spend a lot of time around them because of my wife and just because i i guess we really don't know that many people with cats i mean people who uh people who have cats are i guess out there doing their own cat thing with, with other cat people and i am not invited in their circles so that's a very exclusive world but now I'm part of the guinea pig world, so I can only assume I will have friend invites and party invites rushing in so I can hang out with all my other guinea pig people, who I assume are the coolest people of the pet world. Well, uh, they probably pale in comparison to regular pig people, though, right? Well, obviously. I mean, regular pig people are a cut above. I mean, that's a that's a commitment. Like you've <laughs> you've got to be pretty rough and tumble to uh, to own a pig, especially if you do the hooves yourselves. I. Uh, I finally, so for the longest time to, to trim my older pig, Gilly's hooves, like it was a whole family affair. I would have to hoist up this hundred pound pig and I would sit in a high chair because it was the only chair narrow enough that she couldn't, oh my God. That she couldn't put her legs down on the side and kick off. And so I oh was like, God. it was like, and she's, you know, the pigs aren't exactly soft. I mean, it's pretty, they're pretty abrasive. I was <laughs> sitting there rubbing on my legs, rubbing them raw as, as she squeals for her life. My wife would go around underneath her like she was changing the oil on a car, except she'd be clipping away. But the problem is my wife has these tiny, weak hands and they couldn't use the big clippers. She had to use these goat shears, which could only kind of trim away at the hooves, and you really needed something oh bigger. Oh, my God. So I went and bought some big horse hoof trimmers, which have much better leverage. They're like a foot and a half long, uh, but oh my, my wife couldn't get her hands around it. So it's like, all right, I'm on my own. And so I tried a couple different techniques to, to do this on my own. Like I watched some YouTube videos and online, like these people would, they'd flip their pig upside down or pin it in these positions. And like the pig just gave up. I mean, it kept squealing like it was dying. It wasn't an actual pain, but it gave up. My pig, I tried to flip that pig on its back. Like I was doing some sort of rustling move and uh, yeah. she did not go willingly. That was not gonna work at all. That pig you know, did a barrel roll and got out of there. And then so the, the first couple times I finally got the hooves trimmed myself, 
I led her with stale marshmallows into our tiny downstairs bathroom, closed wow. the door, and then pinned her against the wall with a toddler mattress. And when she had nowhere left to go, I just went and hacked off those hooves. And it was it was not exactly an even job, but hooves grow back. So, you know, they're like fingernails. So it was good enough. But this last time... Wait a minute. What's that? So the way you cut a pig's hooves is with like a scissors shears, like one of the big ones that you use on like a head. So the goat, the goat trimmers are like, uh, they're like a big pair of scissors. Now the horse, the horse ones, I don't know the correct terminology, but they're like nippers. It's like a mouth with teeth coming down together. That's the shape of that one. Uh, I don't know enough about tools to describe what that would. I guess you can use you can use a similar thing to bite the heads off nails. It's 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 that sort of tool. Uh, oh my God! Why don't you use like an angle grinder or something? Wouldn't that be easier? Well, an angle grinder one has to plug in. Two, that's a power tool. So like you've right. if you've got a hundred pound pork missile fighting against you, like I don't really want a spinning blade in my hand. She's gonna get cut. <laughs> I'm gonna get cut. Uh, this last time, though, I, I finally figured out I, I used the pig's nature against her because when I'd go after her, she wouldn't charge forward. She'd always back up. And so finally I figured out if I just stood over her and we're both facing the same directions, and I just kind of pinned her side to side between my legs. She would just yeah. keep backing up till she hit a wall and then she'd be stuck. And I just stood over her that way <laughs> and trimmed. I was so proud of myself that I figured that out. It was a crowning achievement of my life to efficiently trim those hooves themselves because if you want to hire somebody to do that it's like four or five hundred dollars to have somebody come to your house oh, and do that. it's nuts and it's like you know what i'm gonna give it a try myself because i'm not paying that and it, it's weird though because pigs they can also kind of grind down their hooves themselves and our younger pig <coughs> her hooves never really grow i guess the way she walks she just grinds them down herself and i've never once had to trim hers but uh gillies wow. i've got to trim them every four or five months uh guinea pigs actually you have to trim their claws as well if you're aware wow. of that. So you use like a nipper almost. Uh, for the pigs? Yeah. I, I don't know what nipper means. I mean, I, I guess that's how I would describe the action. But yeah, it's like chomping teeth that come down and, and get the yeah. It's it, If you look up horse hoof trimmers, they'll, they'll, it'll pop up a picture of it. Uh, guinea pigs, though, we I tried to use these tiny little dog hoof trimmers because... We, we got the guinea yeah. pigs, and they were given to us because the last people just, their kids never played with them. And they're like, well, those those Breakwell children, they don't have any sources of entertainment. Surely they'll be thrilled by these small animals. <laughs> so they uh, they came over here, and um, first thing, my kids were complaining they were getting scratched by the guinea pigs because my kids are just pansies. We're like, all right. And we looked it up, and technically you are supposed to trim their fingernails. So we, we gave it a try. And, you know, I, the person who can trim a 100-pound pig's hooves, can surely handle a guinea pig. So I give it a try Please. with these tiny little uh, trimmers meant for our dog, for our 10-pound dog. And the first clip, I was off by a millimeter or half a millimeter, and that guinea pig just started bleeding uncontrollably. And I felt terrible. Oh. I was like, oh, no, did they? Did they is she going to lose a toe or he? They're both he's. Is he going to lose a toe? And he, we ended up, we had to go, and we had some, some powder stuff you can put on wounds for humans. Yep. We dropped it on there. And then after that, we figured out that it was their claws were just so small, we couldn't use clippers at all. So my wife went and got her fingernail file, and she very yep. carefully filed down the fingernails on both guinea pigs. We gave them a pedicure. So these are very spoiled guinea pigs. Uh, you <laughs> the know, one of, pig. yeah, one of them losing, nearly losing a finger, notwithstanding. 
That's the same with our little two-pound dog who turns into like 50 pounds of fury when Mrs. Steve tries to cut his nails. And she has snipped him past the quick several times where he's bleeding because it's impossible to calm this tornado of energy. <laughs> and uh, he's flailing and scratch. It takes two of us because I have to kind of hold him down while she cuts his nails. That mm -hmm. one person cannot handle the two-pound dog. That's... He, he's not going down without a fight. It's like a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. They're like 50 yes. times their normal strength. It's uh, Yeah, and he's got four feet and a mouth. I guess the toddler can bite also. I guess at one time I did get gillies quick. I, I mean, because again, I, I have the, not not this last time, one of the first times I did it myself. I was I was making such good progress, but her hooves are black, so you can't see the quick. And I was like, I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to go a little further. Just so, Then eventually I went too far, and she started bleeding. And uh, it actually, at the time, we, we, we had previously trained her to sleep upstairs, to sleep in my kids' beds because we wanted to socialize her, which was fine when she was like 10 pounds. By the time she got to 100 pounds, she took up most of the bed. It's like, we got to stop this. So we moved her down to a mattress on the floor and got her to sleep in that for a while. And then uh, after I accidentally hit the quick, she could go up the stairs but she could not go down them. It hurt her to put weight on that foot. And so she'd oh. go up the stairs and then <laughs> she'd, she'd screech in despair because she couldn't get down the stairs. And I'm the only one in the house strong enough to carry this pig, especially because even though she wants to go down the stairs and she knows she can't get down on her own, she also doesn't want you to carry her down. So I don't know what her solution is, but uh, you know, I, I got a call from my wife. I was like half an hour away. She's like, you got to come back and carry this pig. She's just up there screeching at us. So I had to come home and scoop up this pig and carry her down. And after that, she will not go up the stairs anymore. Uh, even though her hoof has long since healed and she'll do the three or four stairs up and down out to the yard, but she won't yeah. do our big wood staircase anymore, which actually worked out perfectly because that means she never gets into the kids' rooms or gets into their toys or anything. So everything we set on the floor upstairs is now pig safe, at least big pig safe. So we kind of have a sanctuary from them so they can run amok and have their reign of terror down here. But upstairs, we're good. Wow, you need to develop, like, stickers that you can put on the doors. This room has been declared pig safe. I mean, it's an important thing, and we just, you know, think second nature of it. You don't put food on the ground. You don't put food within, like, three feet of the ground where the pig could, like, leap up like a shark and grab it. And then, uh, you know, people will come over and they'll, like, set purses on the ground. And it's just, it's like, what do you, it doesn't even occur to me that's a normal human <laughs> behavior. And then a pig will launch through and tear it open looking for a stick of gum or whatever, breath mints, whatever they've got in there. Even though, like, when we're out and about, you know, like at, at an Airbnb, it just seems so unnatural to set food on the ground. Because that's just a trap. It's like putting a goat out in front of a T-Rex. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> I saw that movie, too. Yeah. Wow, so pigs have a remarkable sense of smell, it sounds like. They do, although um, I think it lets them down sometimes. I think our entire house smells like food, so they're not always the best at finding it. Like, they're perpetually located next to the kitchen, so every drawer and everything smells like food, so they don't always know when you drop it. Sometimes you have to point it out to them. They're also right across from the pantry, our new pantry, which is really not pig-proof, but somehow they haven't broken into it yet, so it's just a matter of time, because one day... <laughs> One of them will figure it out, and they're going to get, like, three years' worth of foodstuffs in, like, 30 seconds, and that is going to be an ugly day. 
Will a pig stop eating when it's full? Yes, it turns out. It, it, one horrible, horrible day, I found out it is possible <laughs> for a pig to be full. Uh, I have a so we, we have two uh, 25 pound deer feeders. Uh, 25 pounds, and that's how many pig pellets they hold. And uh, we used to just have one. It was hanging up outside. And the first time I set it up, I set it up wrong. And it fell out of the tree and spilled it all over the ground. And I went outside and I saw this giant pile of pellets. And I was like, oh, no, I got to keep the pigs away from it. They're going to eat themselves to death. And the pigs didn't even care. In fact, they barely moved. And I looked at the pile and I realized they'd already (laughs) eaten half of it. I got there too late. They ate to the point where they couldn't eat anymore. And they just gave up. I mean, I, I, I mean, they will... I can't even describe to you how full you would have to be as a pig to stop eating. Uh, there's actually, there's uh well, so, so people who don't know anything about pigs, when they like take on a rescue pig at a humane society or something like that, they're like, Oh, this pig must've been abused because we put them in the kennel and this pig just whines and whines for food. And then we give them food and then they whine and whine some more. Well, that pig is whining for food because they know when they whine for food, you're a moron and you're giving in. Like they, <laughs> that pig will never stop whining for food. Then in fact, it will, it will just whine more because you've taught it. That's how it gets infinite food. So you definitely, you have to, you have to limit their food because under normal circumstances, they will eat themselves to death unless you spill 25 pounds of pig pellets in one spot, at which point they will tap out and go into a food coma. Well, now, wait a minute. Are you being hyperbolic when you say to death? No, I don't know that they'll actually kill themselves. It's definitely not healthy. I mean, you can, you pigs can be morbidly obese. You see those potbelly pigs where they get fat rolls over their eyes. Yes. It's actually yes. called fat blindness. Like that's a thing. And uh, oh. but I mean, think about people too. People don't literally eat themselves to death, but they do it pretty close. You know, you watch that 600 pound life. Like they didn't yeah. literally eat themselves to death. But they did eat themselves to the point where they had a million health problems and could no longer walk. So I would put yeah. pigs in that category. Will they, will they flat out die because they eat one pig pellet too many? No. Will they eat to the point where their stomach's dragging on the ground and they can't see? Absolutely. <laughs> now I did see the movie seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt and the first victim did eat himself to death yeah and that uh that is a disturbing movie that but you know what I I think I could probably pull that off I think if if I had to choose one horrible way of death to go I think eating myself (laughs) to death is what I'd want I mean it it doesn't really sound so bad you just keep going I've and I think I've certainly come close at various all-you-can-eat buffets my body simply (laughs) it does not understand when I'm full and it just sees unlimited quantities of food as a challenge and that's always a bad recipe for everybody Wow, you turn into a beefy Vesuvius at some point and just erupt with a geyser of uh, disgusting half-metastasized cow. Are you, oh. are you saying you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and you eat, like, a reasonable plate of food and just stop? Is that how you do it? That is how I do it. And then I dab the side of my mouth with a cloth <laughs> napkin, and uh, I, I stand and push my chair back in one fluid motion and uh, walk properly out the side door. You are a waste of that eight ninety nine entry fee. <laughs> <laughs> They see me coming and they send the steak chef out for a smoke because they don't want to lose money on Olivas. Oh, that's like an all you can eat buffet back in the days when I ate everything. I mean, it was like the the best deal in the world for me. But they just count on people like me being saddled with people like my wife and kids who when I pay the eight ninety nine for them, I mean, they just 
they stop eating. It, just, it blows my mind. They can actually get full at things. It's like, that's not how, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But apparently, some people have basic appetite control. So, uh, so go figure. They definitely didn't get those genes from me. You know, Mrs. Steve and I have a restaurant here out in the country that's an all-you-can-eat place that we love, except they limit you to two desserts. So there's an entire section of the restaurant that has, like, uh, desserts, dessert table and a dessert cooler and stuff, and like a big bowl of banana pudding, like the real stuff that they make from scratch. Wow. And you can only get two. And they serve the banana pudding to you so that you can't heap it on a dinner plate and walk off. That almost seems cruel. I'm I'm very much in the all or nothing camp, which is why I had an easy time going keto and then carnivore. I can I can eat no candy. I can absolutely do that. I can eat no dessert, but I can't eat a little bit of dessert. That's the worst quantity of dessert. <laughs> I either need all of it it's or an none insult. of it. It is. That is. Uh, I, if I were you, that would not be my favorite dessert place. I would never go there again. No, but uh, we like the rest of the food, which is horrible and but speaking of horrible things james we have to end uh, this before we uh, continue to heap disgust onto the dinner plate of our guests namely judy p of course well so you've made it through another episode of wrong and wronger judy p and mr judy p because i guess uh, he watches too james so we've actually ratcheted up because we've never considered him in the past. So we have one more follower or watcher or listener than we thought we did. Wow. That's exciting. We news. have been selling ourselves short by 50%. I know. <laughs> 100%. So until we meet again, this is Steve. It was Dr. Steve for James, the exploding unicorn and pig person. I couldn't think of any more P words. <laughs> Break well saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember as always, two wrongs can make a right.